Well, I hope you're enjoying this beautiful summer. Summertime students feel free. But when it comes to going back to school, oh, you just feel bound. Now, if if you like school, if you're an academic, you're heavily involved, you have a good time, uh, don't don't change anything. Some of you have an amazing school that you go to, maybe a phenomenal public school that hasn't been polluted by the vermin in the crazy school systems that we have placed all throughout North America. Um, maybe some of you go to a nice Christian school or some of you are homeschooled and you have a great schooling environment that is healthy. You're actually learning things that really matter, such as reading, writing, math, actual real science, actual real history, you know, things like that. But it's not that way for a lot of us. A lot of us, we are going back to corrupt school systems that are under the direct control of Antichrist himself. You walk into school and everything that you see, everything that you feel, everything that you are taught, it is Antichrist. It's all designed to make God look non-existent, to make humanity look like God. It's all really humanistic. And, th- and sadly, that's the way a lot of it is for students right now listening to this. So if you're a student, a parent, everybody, this is for you. I'm going to focus really on back to school, but parents don't tune out. Hyphen, don't tune out. Just because you're done with school, don't tune out because you're going to be a parent someday. And I think some of the things that we're going to talk about could be very helpful to you in training up your child in the way that they should go. And then, of course, this is just simply me, the podcast host, speaking what God has given to me, the wisdom he has downloaded to me for this episode and for this school year. Times have changed, and they always do. You know, growing up as an 80s and 90s kids out here, the old timers say, well, back in my day, it used to be and all the things you face nowadays. Well, I'm that guy now. Things have changed since I was in school. You see, when you went back to school, it, it, everybody was uh, it used to be you were worried about possibly getting in with the wrong crowd. That's what they used to say, getting in with the wrong crowd. And if you got in trouble, that's usually what your teacher would say to you. It's what your principal would say to you, you know, in, in his office looking at you, glaring at you, right in your face. You got in with the wrong crowd. Uh, that's what the police would say to you. That's what the, the juvenile detention guard would say to you. That's what the judge would say to you. You got in with the wrong crowd. And usually how that started with you would uh, eat your lunch and then you'd uh, crawl under the table and, and go through the door outside and skip outside and go around the corner where there was nobody watching, no teachers, no security, nothing. And you would go where the air conditioners were and kind of sit behind there and you would smoke a few cigarettes. That's where it all started. The, the, with the kids that would smoke cigarettes uh, quickly during lunch behind the cafeteria. Or after school, you'd sneak behind the, or underneath the bleachers and make out. Guy and girl, they would, they would make out underneath the bleachers. That, that was the wrong crowd. Or uh, you found a guy who uh, took a, a hammer and a chisel from geology class and he bore a hole uh, in some corner in some vent, some duck somewhere and bore a hole right above the girls' locker room 
and that pervert would peep into the girls' locker room, and he would uh, charge guys like, "Hey, man, give you give me twenty bucks, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll show you a good time." That was getting in with the wrong crowd. Okay, and some of you that are older, you know what I am talking about. That was the wrong crowd, and. And, you know, it just didn't stop there. It led to even more craziness. It led to theft. It led to stealing. It led to uh, getting involved in gangs, getting involved in all kinds of corruption. And that's where it all starts with with cigarettes and making out uh, underneath the bleachers. You get in with the wrong crowd. Well, all that stuff is still there. It still is. But even more now, it's gotten even crazier. What about that kid who likes to show off his gay porn on his cell phone when the teacher's not looking? You know, to the whole class, holds up his phone. Hey, look at what I'm looking at, right? Or that guy who now thinks he's a girl and he shows up dressing like a girl and everybody celebrates it and it's okay and he's so brave and he's, you know, really, really exampling what a true hero really is. You know, things have just changed in the overall adolescent spectrum across this world. Now, I'm from the United States, right here in the heartland, the Midwest, Kansas City, Missouri. And, that, and I'm speaking of what I see in my city, what I see in other towns that I'm familiar with, and just across the United States and here and there what I see posted from my friends up in Canada. Okay? So that's really where, where I'm talking about. That is where I'm coming from. You see, back when I grew up, it used to be girls would be proud to leave childhood and enter adolescence and to develop into a woman. They were proud to start having their bosoms developed. Okay, now I know that's a little bit PG-13, and I am not, what I'm about to say here is not uh, sexual, it is not provocative, it is just simply biological development. But essentially a girl was proud to become a woman as she would physically change. But nowadays, it's like, oh, honey, you don't know if you're a woman yet. You can choose. Do you feel like you want to be a guy? Do you see those guys throwing around the football and playing basketball and, and you know, in shop class and being strong leaders? You know, if that's really what you want to be, then you can be it. We can fix you up with a nice surgery and make you look like a boy. We can do it. It's great. It's cool. You can do it. It's great. We'll, we'll celebrate you. We'll vote you in as class president, right? Or how about guys? It used to be, it was like considered a, a thing to be proud of to start to have the bulge in the pants, right? I remember when we were <laughs> like in fourth grade and, you know, they they separated the guys from the girls. I, I doubt they even do that anymore. They probably keep the guys and the girls together and, and, sh- and show them videos on how to be gay and how to be a trans. And if you're questioning what further steps you can take with your with your counselor. But back in the day, they used to separate the guys from the girls, and they had this video of, of uh, a guy, like a, like a fifth grader, on pitcher day. Oh, that was the worst day of the year, pitcher day. Ugh, pitcher day. But the kid is there with a pitcher, and a nice-looking girl walks by, you know, to get in line with the pitcher, and the boy loses his attention away from the photographer and camera and looks at the girl, and he gets feelings that he's never had before, and he looks down looks down at himself, and the picture, the, the cameraman pushes the button and takes the picture, and it's not of the kid, you know, smiling, but rather it's him looking down. And the whole school, like, laughs at him. He gets embarrassed. He runs out of the room. And then they explain what happens there and how it's not funny. And, you know, all us guys are laughing, and we think it's, 
hilarious, you know, because it is funny because it was all unknown to us. Well, see, because back back then they the teachers, you know, encouraged you're now leaving childhood and becoming a man, and this is your biology. And it felt like most of them back then taught and believed and kind of hinted to the fact that this is the way God created girls and this is the way God created boys. And in my opinion, schools have no business teaching that stuff, have no business even covering pu- puberty and, and sexuality and the development of the body. You know, our, 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 our private parts are the, the most personal, intimate parts of our humanity. That's something that parents should cover, but we all know the family really has failed their children. That's really the problem. It is the family. You see it You see it in school. Schools didn't cover that stuff because little boys and girls had good dads and good moms and good grandparents and good aunts and uncles and cousins, and they had a strong family unit. But the insane left came in and completely destroyed the family, that you don't need families, you need the community. You need the village. That's right, it takes the village. Oh, no, God didn't create the community, the village. He created the family. That's what he established. Adam and Eve, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. Take unto himself his wife, they shall be one flesh, and go forth and multiply. That is the family. So, but this generation, uh, don't, don't feel like it's just all on you that, you know, your parents and stuff didn't have struggles in the past. Uh, you know who I'm so uh, excited has a podcast now? Our Bishop of the United Pentecostal Church, General Superintendent David K. Bernard. He has his own podcast, Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. There's, there's an audio and video version of it. And he was talking about going back to school and what students can do to keep the faith, uh, to strive for and be and, and pursue the high calling of God, even in a very secular environment. He talked about how he grew up as a, a missionary's kid in Korea and came to America and, and went to school and things like that. And he said at his college, the uh, activities that were available and almost really encouraged for kids to get involved in was to go to these wild beer drinking parties, you know, have the big kegs and and, uh, you know, guys and girls could get drunk and, you know, have a good time and, and you know, explore and and uh, live a little bit. You know, in all reality, the goal was for uh, girls to wake up uh, surrounded by 10 men that they didn't know with their skirt up over their head. That's really what that was all about. It wasn't just to have a good time and celebrate. And, you know, let, here here's a nice social atmosphere. Here, come to our school. You'll make friends for life. Oh, no. It was really about getting intoxicated and to become a part of the perverted sexual revolution, to completely change. You know, in college, it's not about just having a nice GPA. It's about not how many good grades you can get. It's about exploring to see how many men and women and whatever else you can sleep with, you know. That's really what it was all about. And and he said there was a topless bar nearby. That's right, the bishop said topless. A topless bar nearby. He said, I didn't participate in any of that. He said, I read my Bible and prayed and stayed focused. So the, these things have always been around. Look, look at your Bible. Look what the early church had to deal with. My goodness. Especially the church in Corinth, all those old Roman cities. As it is now, it was back then. It was probably even worse, you know, back then. They had open worship uh, of these idols and 
and all of these sadistic rituals that they did for their gods in the open. It, you know, five, six, seven-year-old kids would be exposed to that. Right? That's why Paul had to teach, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you got to undo all this. And, and a lot of these things that you're going back to school that you're going to see and hear and be around, you, you're going to have to transform your mind. Yeah. It used to just be we were afraid of students that would cause bad peer pressure, the bad crowd. You know what now I think I'm more afraid of? It's not just the students. It's not just the wrong crowd, but it's the teachers. I'm going to say this again. It's not just the students you need to be worried about, although you need to be worried about students. Let me tell you something else. I'm going to get to the teachers in a second. The students, this just kind of came to me. In the past several years, and you've heard it, I've heard it, it's everywhere, sex offenders. In the past several years, the worst cases of sexual offense hasn't come from the creepy uh, old, old man, you know, living out in the shed somewhere. You know where it's come from? Teenagers. 14, 15, 16-year-old boys molesting 7, 8-year-old boys. So I'm telling you, parents, don't trust your little kids around even teenagers these days because they've got access to porn, their parents are crazy, they're demon-possessed, and you've just got to keep your guard up everywhere you go because Satan has taken on many, many different devices. Like I said, it used to just be the crazy old pervert living out in the woods somewhere. No, nowadays it's that eighth grader up the street from you. That's right. Be careful. Be on guard. Be watchful. Be vigilant, the Bible says. Watch and pray. You can't just pray. You've got to watch. That's right. Peer pressure is still a thing, but there are actual offenders and creeps out there. Teenage boys, teenage girls. That's right. There are 16-year-old girls out there looking to uh, recruit as many other younger girls to bisexuality or lesbianism as much as they can. And they'll take pictures of themselves, you know, on the roof of their house next to an open window. And, hey, come be my friend. It's okay. You know, and, and they'll try to come back into the youth group, the hyphen group. They want to come to youth conventions and stuff. You know what? Be on guard. Don't let your kid around that. That's right. I don't care if they're out of church, backslider, whatever. If that teenager has the spirit of recruitment into sin, don't worry about being rude. Don't worry about looking, oh, unloving. Don't worry about being gracious or whatever. Oh, no. You have got to be vigilant and protective of your children and your youth group. Because not everybody comes to church in peace. That's right. My dad said it this past Sunday. Not everybody comes to church in peace. But Jesus said there are wolves that come out. And there's terrors sown by the enemy in the night. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open. Because sin is on the outside of the church. And sadly, it is on the inside of the church. And Jesus said it would happen. We just did a few episodes about hypocrisy. You will see it. You will feel it. The trick is just don't get caught up in the middle of it. So, yeah, teenagers are crazy. They sure are. That's why you've got to stay prayed up. That's why you've got to be saved. That's why you've got to understand the word and be ready for the coming of the Lord. But what about these teachers? It used to be the teachers were very neutral. They wouldn't argue. They wouldn't get in a fight. They were just up there to read the book and to teach the, you know, the stuff and to write a few things on the chalkboard, pass out a few papers Grade your papers, do your book reports, and and, th- and everybody goes home. You know, bye-bye. See, and see your parents at parent-teacher uh, conference. But, oh, no, nowadays, teachers are not just about out there preparing a, a, a child how to be 
a good uh, worker, how to, how to prepare a child to be ready, you know, to survive in this uh, capitalistic society, okay? It wasn't just preparing us, you know, to be a good patriot or whatever, to go on to do great things. Oh, no, these teachers are out to indoctrinate children into things that they call uh, modernism and, you know, progressivism. It's all just about sophisticated sin is what it's about. See, it's, you know, it's school. I was taught, Justin, respect your teachers. Don't you dare talk back to them. Don't you dare interrupt them. And it's, and it's school and it's a safe place and, and therefore your teacher must know everything. But nowadays, students, I wouldn't walk into there just wholeheartedly trusting everything that is spewed out of your teacher's mouth. Oh, no. Now, you should respect them. They have an authority and a power over, over you. You should be reverent to them. But you have got to test and to try the spirits. Have more confidence in God and his word than you ever do in any of your teachers. Because let me, let me tell you, some of them teachers can seem to be nice, can seem to be harmless. That, those are sometimes the most dangerous. That, like Bernie Sanders. Let's talk about Bernie Sanders. You know, he's that frumpy, crumpled up looking old man. He looks like, you know, the, the dad or the grandpa that a lot of uh, kids never had. And he seems to have all these answers and, you know, the, the, the rich are bad and the poor are so good and all these kids with no families, that's why they've kind of flocked to him, you know. But the thing that makes him most dangerous is that he looks so harmless. That's what the devil is doing. He is taking things that are so evil but making them so harmless and, and so sweet and so nice and so kind and they care for the poor the poor, the poor, and they want to stomp out the oppressors. That's what Satan's doing. And you know, he's doing it through pornography. It's, it's harmless. It's good for you. How are you else are you supposed to get through puberty, little boys, unless you have a favorite porn star? Little girls, how else are you supposed to deal with a changing body and the, and the stress of puberty if you don't have porn? That's, you know, it's, it's viewed as like something educational and, and helpful and, and a part of your development. That's the lies of the devil. It's also happening with drugs. And he's doing it through marijuana. You notice what they say now. It's no longer a pot or a Mary Jane or any of that. No, it's medical. It's medical. It's medicinal. It's... It's a very helpful herb. It's just as healthy for you as broccoli. That's right. It's just as good for you as spinach. It's healthy. It's healthy. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I get it. The CBD stuff and, and all of that, it's designed to not make you high, but it's designed to make somebody, let's say, for instance, that their body is full of cancer. CBD is so much more cheaper than the heavy stuff like fentanyl. And truthfully, I, I haven't heard of anybody that's been overdosed or gone crazy on CBD. That fentanyl and that stuff like that, you know, all, you know, really all I preach is be sober. Christians should be sober. Unless you're fighting for your life, you're in terminal, you're terminally ill. I should believe, I believe you need to get, uh, get well comfortably. You don't need to live in chronic pain. But a lot of people, they, they're, they're doing it because of their emotional pain. And the Bible forbids that. It's only physical pain. You know, Paul told Timothy, drink a little wine, not because you're sad, not because you're lonely, not because of this or that. He said, because you got a stomach problem. You probably had ulcers or gallstones, you know. Drink a little something in the evening to help make you comfortable so you can sleep at night. Okay, but 
these drugs out there, they're marijuana, they're making it seem so harmless, but it's dangerous. It's not just, you know, the old pot, you know, that you that uh that grandpa fester, you know, out on the farm that grew wildly that you gathered up and smoked. Oh no, nowadays it's it's laced and they're making it in these hard bricks and stuff and they're putting all kinds of garbage in it. And it's almost like a psychedelic. And 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 and, and eleven year old, twelve year old kids are on this stuff, hooked on it. It is dangerous. All of these things are in the face of many of our students. They're going to go from having a powerful experience at youth camp this summer, a powerful experience at their youth retreat, a powerful experience at their local church revivals, powerful experiences that they saw at NAYC or whatever convention that they, they, that they may have, have gone to, the, that, the, the deal that they had up there in Iowa, the Midwest Youth Convention, or down in Texas or Western District or wherever else. I mean, these powerful meetings. And then they got to go back, and the first thing that they're going to see is one of those clipped-haired ladies that want to look like a dude teacher up there hollering about uh, climate change, that, that, that the, the sky is falling and, and, and bashing uh, the system that we have here, that everything is racist, 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 and oppression, oppression, white people, black people, Hispanics, Chinese, all of this, and just divisive and full of the devil and spewing out garbage. Telling boys, you can't decide for yourself that you're a boy. Oh, no. And telling girls you're not a girl. Don't worry about your little changing bodies. Oh, no. Whatever you want to be, you can be. You know what I say? If you're having doubts about your sexuality, if you're having doubts about your sexual, they say sexual orientation, more it's more like sexual disorientation. Trans this, trans that. Have sex with this, have sex with that. Pretty soon before you know it, they're going to say having sex with animals is good. If it feels good, do it, man. Do it with the cat, man. Do it with the dog, man. Do it with the raccoon in the dumpster, man. Do it wherever. Out on the back porch, man. Do it in the road, man. Have sex, 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 sex. It's, it's the old Freudian principle, uh, the, the, the ego, the id, whatever, whatever it is. You know, you're nothing but a walking ed. You're nothing but a walking ed. Uh, have pleasure, do pleasure, have this, have that. If it feels good, do it, man. Smoke this, shoot up this, inject this. Do this, do that, have sex with this. Here's porn, there's porn. Do you want some porn? Here's some porn. It's just like having candy. It's no different than, a, and than a, having a sucker. Have porn, here's porn, there's porn. In all reality, they don't really tell you this, but what happens with all of these people that get, get hooked on that stuff, they get so hooked on a virtual experience that they have trouble having the physical intimacy that a man is supposed to have with a woman. That's the way God created it. But like I said in the beginning of this, this is antichrist. The whole world is being changed to fit the system of the beast. Everything that God created. Everything that God has ordained, everything that God set up in the beginning is being perverted. It's being changed slowly but surely. You know when to know where it's happening? It's happening through the teachers. It's happening through students. It's happening through their phones. It's happening through the internet. That's why we've got to be prayed up. That's why we've got to have God. That's why we have to have Bible. Yes, that's right, Bibles. Bible, Bible, Bible. It used to be when you went into the hotel, the first thing you went to is the phone and, and call your parents to, to, to tell them or your family that you made it safe. And they, right next to that phone would be a Gideon Bible. 
But oh no, they've tucked away the Gideon Bibles if they even have them anymore. And you know what they have there? A little magazine that shows you all of the of the after dark movie channels and what you can order here and have there. And you know, here's porn, there's porn. You know, order it. Put it on the corporate account. It's okay. Your boss won't care. Have the porn, man. Here's some porn, man. Have it on the phone, man. Uh, if you're driving and you know where you're going, you don't need the GPS. You don't need to take a phone call. Put some porn there on the dash, man. That's right. Have porn. Here's porn. There's porn. Everything. Porn, porn. It's good for you. You need medicine. You need drugs. You need help. You, you, you know, you're stressed out. You're having anxiety and depression. Oh, you don't need God. You don't need to pray. You don't need a church family. Here's drugs. Here's porn. Here's a free check from the government. That's right. You're an immigrant. You're here. We'll love you. That's right. You're from the Middle East. Go ahead, sir. Let a beard grow down to your crotch. Wrap your head up in a cloth. Take walks around your neighborhood. Go down to the local bank and cash your government check. You don't need to work. You don't need a job. You don't need to take responsibility. Just stay high, man. That is the society that this generation is growing up in. It's get drunk. It's be high. It's have pleasure. It's you don't need a job. You don't need to better yourself. Just pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Be lazy. Be a bum. Be in the street. Oh, well, well, here in Kansas City, I just read it. They spent over $2 million on homeless services. Homeless services. And I'm, I'm looking at these, these. Of course, they don't call them homeless anymore. It's people experiencing homelessness experience it's like they're not to blame for getting hooked on drugs and getting bitter and, uh, and not forgiving and not wanting to have a job and if they do have a job the first day they cuss out the boss and they, they sexually harass another co-worker and oh they're just victims of the society and we need to change and we need to give them all this money and put them in hotels and put them in these little houses and uh, this world is falling apart and the only hope that we have, it is not in this world. Don't fall in love with this present age. Oh, no. You've got to stay focused on God. You've got to stay focused on your Bible and stay focused on your church. You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Justin C. Gleason, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Click follow and become a loyal listener. Give a great review and rating and share a link with your friends. If you enjoy this podcast and it's of value to you, I ask you to consider giving to support the work that goes into producing this episode through Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo, all at Justin C. Gleason. Reference the show notes for details. Thank you so much for giving. Podcasting is the future. With the way things are going, a lot of us are praying what the Apostle Peter told us to pray. Pray, hastening the coming of the Lord. We hasten his coming. We want him to come back. With all the craziness going on, oh my goodness, I can't wait for Jesus Christ to catch us all away up into the heavens. Are you ready for that? I hope you are. But you know, before that time comes, it's good to get out and see everything that God has created on this earth. And I can think of no better place to go to and see the creation of God and the works of God than the land of Israel. It is a land that has had more prophecy fulfilled in it than anywhere else on the earth. Come with me to the Holy Land, the land of Israel, November 2022. Go to samsontours.com, click on tours, click on group tours, scroll down to November 20, 2022, 
and you'll see me and my friend, our guide, Erez Berkovitz, and you'll see all the information there. Also, please consider following me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Reference the show notes for details. Reading to you from the book of Colossians in the New Testament. The apostle says, For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit. Rejoice to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Praise God. I think every person going back to school needs to read the book of Colossians several times. It really is a book where Paul kind of, he writes about how distant, distant he feels from the church in Colossae. And, and I, I feel like Paul right here. You know, for, I, I'd love to see you, but I can't. And for many of you that I've never met before, I, I would love to meet you. And I'm so proud of you, how steadfast you are in your faith. And I feel like that as a podcaster. A lot of you listeners, I have never met. A lot of you listeners, a lot of you have sent me mail. A lot of you have connected with me on social media. A lot of you, like most podcast listeners, just prefer to have a, a passive experience. They really don't want a connection with their podcast host. They just love their content and it blesses them. But as far as like a, like a, a connection of a friendship, just rather not have it. And I'm okay with that. I don't know what it is. Whenever I turn on this microphone, get this computer set up, look at, look at my notes, look at my Bible. It's like I feel hundreds, thousands of you in here with me. It's, it's, it's like God helps me. It's like a, a connection there. It's, it's what Paul said. I am with you in spirit. It, it was like there was a connection in the Holy Ghost that, even, that connects spirit-filled people together. I feel that. Take that biblical teaching with you to school. If you've got to, if your teacher is rambling on about garbage, if you can get away with it, maybe slip this podcast in your ear. <laughs> I can't say I recommend that. I can't say that I endorse that. But if that's what it takes to help you not go crazy, do it. But there's only one worse place than a crazy classroom, and that is a crazy school bus. Oh, my God. That's right. Tune out. 
to the riffraff on the bus. That's right. Even if you have to sit next to that that kid who refuses to take showers after gym class and he stinks and he's reading Stephen King and mumbles to himself. Uh, maybe you can make a disciple out of him. God bless him. But if he continues to be weird and doesn't listen to you, t- tune into JCGP. That's right. Keep this podcast with you. We'll be here for you. But also, you know what? Keep your pastor with you. He's with you in spirit. Keep your pastor's wife with you. She's with you in spirit. Keep your youth group with you. They're with you in spirit. And if you can get into the level of the deep powers of the Holy Ghost, you know what I am talking about. My mom and dad are with me all the time. I can feel their prayers with me all the time. My wife is that way and my children are with me that way. You can develop strong spiritual connections that even though you may be away from them, physically you're with them spiritually. It's the same way we we are with Jesus Christ. He has been ascended and glorified in the heavens, but we have him and we feel so close to him because of the Spirit. Because of the Spirit. That's how you'll survive the school year. Don't worry about what you physically see, but rather go off what you feel in the Spirit. Oh, that coffee's good. Yeah, I in the first segment here, I about wore myself out. Man, did I get fired up. I didn't plan on all that, but I tell you what, there's a lot of things that have that are in me. A lot of that content that, by the way, that I gave you in that first segment, I wrote those things down three or four years ago. And I remember writing those things down about, about all the things I said, and I remember thinking, I am never going to say this in the pulpit. Where in the world am I going to say this? And, and then, you know, then it hit me, a podcast. And so we're, we're giving it to you. And these concepts for students going back to school, they're, they're given to me directly from God. A lot of them waking me up very early in the morning to talk to me about it. And th- this passage really meant a lot to me, especially my senior year, book of Colossians, especially chapter 2. And Paul says, don't let anyone cheat you, cheat you with all this philosophy and the basic principles of the world. Cheating... It really means to act dishonestly or unfair to gain an advantage. You think about it when you're playing cards with your family, friends, you know, playing spoons or whatever. You know, hey, you cheated, you know. <clears throat> Most games, it's not good to cheat unless you're playing um, uh, bull stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, you can cheat in that. It's okay. You know, the, the, the rules of the Bible, thou shalt not lie, don't apply to that. But what it is talking about here in the book of Colossians is crazy false teachers going around through kindness and, you know, sincerity. In all reality, they're like a, a black widow spinning a web to catch you and, and uh, suck the blood out of you, kill you with their poison. They're really there to dishonestly and unfairly get an advantage over you and, and to steal everything you have and to, to please the devils inside of them. Okay. Uh, school's a tough place. School is hard. Uh, kids are so mean these days. It used to be it was just bullies just trying to pick a fight and to look powerful and pick on the small kid. But nowadays, it's all psychological, really. And, and these kids are demon-possessed. The best bullies out there that are, are making kids want to kill themselves, they're full of the devil. They are demon-possessed. That's right. Parents, pray over your kids. Do spiritual warfare to set a hedge of protection around them to let angels go with them. I believe in that stuff. Just don't assume that God is just always there. No, you, you have not because you ask not. God responds through faith and prayer. 
It's not just enough to be saved. You want the power, you've got to pray for it. Amen, in Jesus' name. School's tough. I I never really liked school. I, you know, I, it's funny, you know, people tell me, some somebody the other day said, so uh, what, what's your uh, doctorate in? They, I looked at them like, what? They're like, you're a doctor, right? And I said, no. <laughs> they go, oh, I, th- I thought you were Dr. Justin Gleason. I, you know, you seemed like it. And I'm like, well, thanks for the compliment. I've only had one person in, 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 in this world think that I'm a doctor. Uh, I am not an academic. I'm really not. Uh, I, I have a bachelor's in theology from Gateway College of Evangelism. Uh, all those assets were acquiesced, and it's now Urshan College. Phenomenal school, by the way. That's right, but there would be no Urshan if it were not for Gateway. Let me tell you that. Believe it. Okay, and, I, and I'm very proud of my education. But in Bible college, in grade school, uh, high school, junior high, all of that, I, I just was not an academic. I, I, didn't, I didn't like school. Um, I, I did not make good grades. I was, I was happy. I was like uh, Tommy Boy. You know, I'd push through the class to see my grades posted. If I got a D plus, I'd go, oh, my God, I passed. You know, that's what it was about for me. It was about passing, just passing. I was more interested in skateboarding and sports. And, and when I was 16, went out and got a job. I was really into that. I got A's in, in uh, you know, uh, playing uh, baseball in the backyard and, and skateboarding up and down the street and, and it was promoted at my job, but I, I just, I did not make good grades. I, I wasn't an academic and I wish I could go back and change that. I wish I could go back and change that, but perhaps, you know, maybe God, I've thought about this. I don't, I don't know it to be true. I think I was blinded in school and sometimes God would stop up my ears because of all the craziness that other students would say and do. And because of the teachers, like I, I don't really have good memories or really any memories of school. It's just like a big blur probably because of all the demonic spirits trying to indoctrinate. I just don't have a lot of experiences, but I want to, I want to share with you just a few things, experiences that I had that I knew were like turning points in, in my spirituality and that, and how I really knew that I had deep rooted convictions. When I was in sixth grade, there was a teacher and she, she was one of them teachers that had a haircut like a man. I mean, it was like the, you know, the ladies in the 90s, they were tapering up their hair, then poofing it up in the front. And she she wore uh, these really tight pants, and she had a huge posterior. It was one of them women that had no business wearing pants. Now I know why we preach women wear dresses, you know, just because of the way God made the female anatomy. The body is exposed in pants. And she wore these tight pants and these big necklaces and always weird nail polish. And she had very weird breath. I think she was a pot smoker. You know, and, and, and there were some days I was like, good God, is she a devil worshiper? You know, it was, she was just so weird looking. And she was up there the first or second week of sixth grade. And she's like, OK, students, we're going to do something fun here, a little project that I have for you. And she passed out these papers and I looked down and I saw for the first time the word horoscope. I thought, is it scope like mouthwash? Is it a telescope? Uh, I, what, what, what is this? And then I started seeing all these uh, look like uh, stars and, you know, kind of weird like maps and kind of things I thought you would learn in geometry. And then I saw these pictures of like uh, these weird looking uh, animals and people and all this stuff. I I'd never heard of a zodiac. I never heard of a horoscope. And she started teaching us about the horoscope and teaching us about the zodiac. And this, okay, this is sixth grade. I'd had the Holy Ghost for a year. And, and I was, and I'd been called to preach for a year 
And let me tell you, my insides began to turn. It was like my heart began to lock up on me. And I didn't know it at the time, but the Holy Ghost was letting me feel how God feels about what she was saying. I almost got sick. And after she went on and on and on and on, I just simply raised my hand. And I said, is this a part of the curriculum of this class? Now, keep in mind, I'm not an academic. I don't even think I knew what the word curriculum was, but it just flew out of my mouth. And she said, excuse me. And I said, is this a part of what really we should be learning in this class? And I was kind of quiet back then. All the kids turned around and looked at me like, how dare you question a teacher like this? And she looked at me and she said, Mr. Gleason, go out in the hallway right now. I will talk to you after class. I said, okay. So I went and sat out out in the hall, you know, you know, you know, back in the old days, you'd have to wear a dunce cap, you know, but they they took that out. But so I went and sat in the hall, you know, like I was a kid, you know, saying, you know, cussing out the teacher with profanity. In all reality, I just asked a simple question. So after class, she drags me back in there and she sits me down and she says, sir, Mr. You know, Mr. Gleason, you know, calling. What what is up with uh, these teachers that call little kids Mister? Well, thankfully she called me Mister. You know, I, I don't know. It's like you know, you only you're only shown some respect when they when you do something they don't like, right? It's kind of a weird psychological thing. She said, she said, I know your parents are preachers. I know your dad is a pastor. You know, th- dropping that card, the PK card of me. And she said, "Do you are you haven't you been taught better to come to class with this type of attitude?" And I just looked at her. I couldn't believe how much she hijacked the situation. You know, a normal teacher, a good teacher, would sit a child down and and want to find out where they're coming from. And I just said to her, "I I don't think what you're teaching is good for my religion." She said, "Well, you don't have to believe it. You just have to do it." And I thought, fine, fair enough. I apologized, and I did the stupid horoscope. I can't even remember what it what November. I'm bored in November. I can't even remember what it was. You know, and I just showed her respect. I did, and you know what? No phone call home. No getting sent to the principal. We. I was the one that brought peace there because that's what the Holy Ghost does. She she was out for blood. She came. She she was loaded for bear man in that situation. Seriously. But uh, I, I just came home and told my dad. He hugged me. He prayed over me. He was proud of me. And right then and there, I learned that there are going to be things taught to me in school that are against my faith. And if I want to pass, if I want to dwell peaceably with all men, if I want to move forward in life, you're just gonna, you don't have to believe it. You just kind of have to do it, right? And it's, there's, there's just some things that you know are kind of so iffy, you know, when it comes to school and stuff. So I did it, whatever. And you know what? No more horoscopes after that. You know, I, I lit a fire under her. There was no more horoscopes after that. No. And she was into some weird stuff. Always had these weird rocks around her neck. Those rocks, you know, she was new age and all that stuff. It's just weird into, into supernatural energies. It's, it's witchcraft is what it is. Anyway. Okay, so the next, I, I, I pass through sixth grade, then I go on into, into junior high. My seventh grade science teacher, I will never forget her, you know, back then they, they didn't have the, the TVs that we have nowadays. They had these rolled up like presentation pages on nice vinyl paper, and they, they, it would be thick. 
It was like a thick old column up there above the chalkboard, and you know they would they would flip through it and pull down the right one. I remember her pulling down this this uh, chart, and I looked on it, and for the first time in my life, I saw a picture of a single cell organism, and then I saw like two million years, and it became like a you know like a little uh, tadpole looking thing, and then more millions of years a fish, and then you know all the way up to a monkey, then a human being. And I remember looking at that. And I thought, and I thought to myself, oh, wow, this is that evolution, the theory of evolution. And she taught us for a solid hour the basic principle of Darwinism, you know, and talked to us about the fossils. And I, I remember listening, I was really uh, intrigued by the fossil thing. And she, you know, pulled down another chart and shows all these layers, all these drawings, you know, not real pictures, you know, not real photographs, not real stuff, but just something uh, some some uh, gay artist probably uh, drew when he was on acid back in the 70s. And he, he drew, draws these layers and these fossils. And she says, we know that these fossils are billions of years old because of the layers that they're in. And then she says, and we look, and how, how do we know the layers? How old are the layers? We know how old the layers are is because of the, the fossils that they're in, students. I remember looking at that, uh, and I, that kind of computed in my mind. Again, I'm not an academic, but it just, I, I don't know. I've always had a certain level of spiritual wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And my Holy Ghost light bulbs dinged when she said, we've got the fossils, we know how old they are because of the layers, and now we have the layers, and we know how old they are because of the fossils. And I raised my hand, and I said something I'd never said before, words and, and ideas that I'd never said before, and I said, excuse me, teacher. She said, yes, Justin, do you have a question? I said, I do. I said, you're telling us that these fossils are billions of years old because of the layers they're in, and these layers are billions of years old because of the fossils that are in them. And I said, isn't that circular reasoning? Circular reasoning. Never said that before. I don't think I'd ever even heard that. And when I said that, she turned as white as a ghost. And she just, I remember her, her, her countenance even changed. And she was like so shocked. And, and all the students kind of looked up and I could tell some of the students were like, yeah, that's a good question. And she said, Mr. Gleason, see me after class. You know, the, the, I think the teachers know you don't just get in an argument with a student right there. You know, you handle it after class. And she sat me down and she said, I want to talk to you about your question. She said, yes, it is circular reasoning. That's why we call this a theory. And uh, I just told her my faith, where I come from. And she said, well, Mr. Gleason, you don't have to believe it. You just have to learn it. I said, that's fine. You know, and I remember she stuck her hand out, shook my hand. And we, we developed actually a really good mutual respect for each other, you know? It, it, was, actually, it was actually really nice. So don't ever challenge your teacher. I don't think that's good. There's nothing wrong if God prompts you to ask a question. Because let me tell you this, all the air that was in that room, all the, you know, positive, like, uh, energy for evolution, it went out that day. And it went out the rest of, for the next few weeks after studying it. I mean, it was like there she was up there. The more and more she talked about it, the more dumb she felt about it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she was a lapsed Catholic or something and, and knew that that stuff wasn't real. But she's now, you know, into science, right? 
that's what school does nowadays. It's all, it, it, it's, it's just theories, 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 theories. You know, man came from a monkey. You, you know what they, you know what they say? You know, man, his anatomy is more like a pig than a primate. Mm-hmm. More like a pig than a primate. I, I, I just don't understand evolution. Even if I didn't grow up in church, I just know deep down in my spirit, if I knew nothing about the Bible, I could never believe in evolution. Oh, no. Oh, no. You cannot look at a beautiful sunset on the, on, on the beach, on the ocean, and look at that sun going down and get the equation, there's no God. <laughs> you know, we got a lot. Colorado. We are gaining a massive following in Colorado. God bless all of you. These Colorado people, there's no way you can look at those mountains, those beautiful mountains, and get the equation, hmm, no God. No, just an explosion of energy. No. Uh, you can't go down into the desert. The desert is so therapeutic. I've, I've been to the desert twice uh, down there, you know, in uh, Arizona, Utah area. Just beautiful, so rugged, so nice. And I never thought in a million years that the desert would be therapeutic, but oh, it is. Just the sound, smell, and sight of it is so therapeutic. You go down there, it's like in that deserted place. I don't know. God spoke to me there. You can't you can't look at the beauty of the desert and say, oh, nothing. Uh-uh. Evolution doesn't work. That's why it's called a theory. Another theory that's being introduced, this, the, the critical race theory. <clears throat> and, and I want to be careful, you know, how I talk about this, because racism is real. It's real. It, and let me tell you, I believe God gave us our ethnicity. Ethnicity is created by God. And, and to mock it, to hate it, to judge it is, is I, I think, displeasing to the Lord. And we've got to love all people. God, God came for all people. All, we all come from Adam and Eve, all of that. You know, and, and it's hard to really look at the Bible and talk about race because the Bible doesn't focus about race. Not really at all. It, it focuses on nationality and languages. That's what God really sees. Do you, do you really think God looks at somebody and goes, oh, he's white? Do you really think God looks at somebody and says, oh, he's black? Or over there, that's, that, that's a Latino or that's an Asian. God doesn't look, <laughs> he doesn't look at us like that. He does, the, I don't even think the angels even judge us by our ethnicity at all. Okay. But the critical race theory, and I'm sure there's some good things in there about loving people and, and being respectful to people, and those are Bible principles, peace, things like that. But there, there is no peace there. It's, it's the peace of Satan. It has not come to bring us together. No, it's come to tear us apart. Critical race theory is divisive. Has the country become more unified in all this? Oh, no, it's gotten worse. And, and that's the, the spirit of it. It is to tear other people apart. It's, it's, it's not good. It's this idea, you know, it's, it's gone away from, and yes, they do, say, they do teach that all white people are racist. All white people are supremacist. But really, the idea is that the system that the forefathers of the United States created, that was all racist. That's right. The Declaration of Independence, it's all racist. It is, is designed to oppress black people or whoever. Uh, the Constitution itself is racist, 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 racist. You know, they, they say the Civil War did absolutely nothing, which I find that actually very offensive. Because my great-great-grandfather, Orion A. Gleason, fought in the Civil War. 
That's right. He wore blue. He was a combat veteran, U.S. Army combat veteran for the Union. And he fought. He survived, but he fought and, and had to fight against his own countrymen you know, in the name of bringing down slavery. So I find that offensive. And, and that's why I, don't, I will never believe in reparations, and I'll never pay them, because my family never benefited from slavery. It, it, it never did. And even if your family did, can, are you supposed to atone for your, your forefathers' mistakes? Is that what we really, really want to start bringing into this country? I mean, yeah. Yeah, that'll bring us together. Yeah, that'll end all the pain and suffering. No, it'll just make, it'll make everything worse. It, 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 critical race theory is desi- designed to destroy. It's designed to destroy and to build everything up for a, a person called the Antichrist, the man of sin. That's what it is. It's to take this beautiful, free, regulated capitalist market that our forefathers created for everybody to succeed. That's why you have presidents like Barack Obama. Right? If critical race theory was true, how did he get to where he is? He didn't steal that election. No, no, it was one fair and square. This country, by a huge margin, elected a black man. I mean, I mean you just look at the success. You know, on a, on a reel the other day on Instagram, Lecrae came on. He's there in like a high-profile, exclusive gym. Got on like a seven hundred dollar, you know, workout outfit with the shirt, the the shorts, and the shoes, and you know, and he's got diamond earrings in his ears and and all this stuff. Just, I mean, filthy rich black guy, Christian rapper. And he sits down and going on and on about the divisiveness, about this and that, and really, he's he's just trying to say we need critical race theory, we need socialism. That's really where he swings, you know. And I I just want to say, dude. Did critical race theory give you success? <laughs> or was it all these rich white people that just loved your music and love your message? It was the capitalist market that gave you the blessings that you have, dude. And and I get it. He's just trying to, to pander to, to people who are really bitter is what it is. And, and offended. It's the, critical race theory is the spirit of offense. It's, it's a spirit not from God. It's the spirit of Satan, the spirit of offense. It's getting offended at things that aren't offenses you know they get offended at when they're corrected they get offended you know when their pride is wounded <laughs> that's really what offense is you know yeah, don't don't let that spirit creep up on you but I, i'm just sitting there listening to lecrae you know and he's trying to be as middle of the road as he can but it, he really swings more towards the uh, grievance the spirit of grievance in the system, but it, it's just the spirit that wants to destroy the United States, this nation that God created, this nation that God blessed, this nation that God used. And the devil wants to bring down America. He's tried to do it, you know, through foreign nations, but now he's trying to do it within and say that America is racist. Well, racism is, is, is bad, but you know what else is bad in the Bible? You know what else is a big sin? What's in the Ten Commandments? And that is, thou shalt not bear false witness. So if you're going to accuse somebody or a system of being racist, you better have facts. Otherwise, you're breaking the Ten Commandments. That's right. There's nowhere in the Ten Commandments does it say thou shalt not be a racist. But it does say thou shalt not bear false witness. So God and his priorities and the foundations of morality, he has declared don't be a false witness. And I I think there's just tons of false witness being spewed out out of critical race theory. I believe in diversity. I believe in inclusion. We've got to have that. The church is, you know, was built in like a, a uh, almost like a multicultural situation. You know, you had Jews, the diaspora all throughout the world coming back uh, on, on the day of Pentecost to celebrate the, the, the 
you know, the, the Feast of Pentecost that Moses commanded to do. Everybody up here in Jerusalem, and they, they come back, you know, you know, looking a little different than everybody else in Jerusalem and, and knew different languages and stuff. You know, the, the, the church, we, we spread this message all throughout the world to every, every nation, every, every ethnicity, everything. That's what the church needs to be doing. And I, 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 there's no arguing that at all. And we've got to have that. So there, these the message of diversity, inclusion, all that is a good message. It is a beautiful thing. But this idea that everything is corrupt, everything needs to be changed. Oh no, that. I mean, you know what they're they're, they're saying? The Civil War did nothing. Critical race theory says Martin Luther King did nothing. They think he was. They think he's a putz. They think he didn't have the message. You remember Juneteenth? I tried to have a good time on Juneteenth. I tried to celebrate it, but you know what all I saw from 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 these people out there, these people filled with delusion and hysteria, it was as if Juneteenth did absolutely nothing for this country. Juneteenth, you know, it was like the official day that the, that the last slave became aware that they were now free. And it was like Juneteenth did nothing. They wanted more. I, I don't know. They're out for war. They're out for blood. They're not out for fairness. Oh, no, they're out, not out for equality. They're out to be treated better than normal. They're out to be treated better than what is equal. They want to take, 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 and destroy. I mean, they, they think for Abraham Lincoln is racist, for goodness sakes. Like, Lincoln did nothing. So you're going to be taught that in some of your schools. You're going to be told that you're evil. You're going to be told that you're wicked. You're going to be told that you're full of hate. You're going to be told that you're an oppressor. You know, is that really what people need to hear? Is that really what people need to be learning in school? Well, it's the insanity of the left is saying. And then the, the LGBTQ stuff. You know, if evolution is real, how is gay lifestyle real? How is it real? Is, isn't evolution like the survival of the fittest? How, how can humanity have survived if, if everybody was gay? You know, men can't have babies. Although <laughs> they're trying, you know. I mean, men are trying to trying to breastfeed babies. It ain't working, dude. All right. Uh, oh. I'm here to have a good time in the second segment, so I'm not going to get too excited here. But yeah, a gay lifestyle. Uh, I know they're trying to. Where did HIV come from? It it came from bestiality, and and how is it spread primarily through those gay bathhouses? You know, why, why didn't they shut them down during the AIDS pandemic? Why didn't they have a, a, a gay bathhouse lockdown or a gay bar lockdown where all, where all of it was going on? Oh, no, they wouldn't do that, you know, because LGBTQ people and, and all of these um, grievance minority people, it's like they're a protected species. You know, the rules don't apply to them. And this is the message being pumped into children, into schools. That everything is racist, and you just watch it. They're going to openly, openly start calling the Holy Bible racist. They already are. It's coming mainstream. That, that, that the Bible, that the church, that God and everything that we have here is racist, that it's unscientific, and that, that it discriminates, and that it's sexist, and, and all of this stuff. That's their goal, to make God, Bible, and church look evil. I remember about four or five years ago telling my wife, honey, homeschooling is the future. And she, she looked at me like I was clueless. And uh, 
but after everything that's happened, you know what we've done? We've decided to homeschool our children. Homeschooling, it's the future, and especially with the pandemic going on. Homeschooling has gone to a totally new level. Back in my day, it uh, I really don't think it was that great of a product. It was not better, at least, than the public schools that we had around here. It just was not as good. But nowadays, and kids are coming out of homeschool with a phenomenal education. So thank God for these uh, companies, these programs, these institutions that have created resources for children to be able to learn all of the things that they need to know to prepare themselves for the real world right from their own computer. It is just fantastic. But we all know that homeschooling is not just a guaranteed, oh, your child is going to be <coughs> saved and survive, you know, during their adolescent years. Oh, no, parents, you've got to teach your children the word of God. It's emphasized, especially in the Old Testament. Parents, teach your children every day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. When's the last time, parents, you said that to your kid? When's the last time you talked to them just about the Godhead? Teach your children these things. That's right. When After dinner, don't, don't go everybody run and do their own thing. Oh, no, get out the Bible and have some God talks. Teach the children. Review what the pastor said. We need to be having family Bible studies. That's really the best small group ministry you're ever going to have in your church. It is family devotions, family altar. That is the future. That is one of the greatest hopes that we have in surviving. So let me talk to the individual student right now as we close. How are you going to survive spiritually this school year? What, is, uh, what does Justin Gleason say? It's my simple message that I've had ever since we established this podcast in January of 2020, and that is God, Bible, and Church. That's my simple religious message. That's what I preach. That's what I teach. That's what I live. It's what I love. God, Bible, and Church. Are you close to God? Do you know this God? Do you pray to this God? Do you worship this God? Do you love this God with everything that you got? Do you love him in your thoughts? Do you love him in the feelings of your heart? Do you love him with your body, your soul, your strength, everything? God, 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 do you know God? Do you have God? Are you filled with God? Are you baptized into God? Are you right with God? Got to have God. Next, Bible. Do you know your Bible? Or does it, it, it got dust on it? Uh, is there a dead roach living in it? <laughs> got to have that Bible, man. Read it. When you think you've read it enough, read it some more. I don't care if you feel like you don't understand it. Keep reading it. It'll all make sense. In church, are you in church? You know, if, you, if, you, if your church right now is on quarantine, lockdown, are you watching online? Are you staying in touch? Got to have God, Bible, and church. That's how you make it. Next of all, learn to ignore the vermin behind the lectern in your school. That's right. When they, they get going on all this craziness, okay, listen to pass the class. That's all you got to do. Don't make a scene. Don't challenge. Don't make a putz of yourself. Just go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. When they're up there, you know, uh, Ginny has two mommies here. And here's the book about Fred and Ted who adopted a baby. And they're a family just like the organic family. Their marriage is just as good as all that stuff. Just kind of shake your head. Mm-hmm, yes. Yes. Okay. And get an A. You know, just because just you got an A in it don't mean you believed in it. It means you got an A. It means you can listen. It means you can remember. It means you can take a test. That's it. And it'll look good on your resume. It's as simple as that. Pass the class graduate, and after all of that, learning how to uh, chew the meat and spit out the bones, go on in the will of God. Next thing, listen to preaching and listen to a lot of it. 
I thank God for Christian music. Christian music will really help you keep, you know, a good a good heart, good attitude. It's good to sing and worship God. But you need to be putting preaching into your ear. You need to find uh, good churches out there with good podcasts, good YouTubes, and good Facebooks and stuff like that. And find three or four that you really like and just stay glued and, and, and watch and listen on a, on a weekly basis. Put it into your ear. I listened to preaching tapes when I was in school and then later on CDs, and I just fell in love with the Word of God. It, nowadays, I mean, there's just thousands of options. You know, back then it was only what was available on tapes. And I just listened to the same tapes over and over, and a lot of those messages just changed my life. Yeah, listen to a lot of preaching and then read books. Read a lot of good books. That's right. So uh, we're going back to school 2021, and you better believe it. The podcast listeners, the loyal listeners of Justin C. Gleason are a force to be reckoned with. I love you. We'll talk to you next week. (laughs) 